0: Everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Frost Street Coaching. And today with me, I have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Yay! Master coach, Diana Ideas. Heyo! And Diana, how do you like to be introduced?
1: Well, I thought if you introduce me, then I'll introduce you.
0: Okay. So this is my mentor coach, master certified coach, Diana Ideas, newly master certified coach coming from California, who has been in the coaching game a a long time and is showing her expertise with a new book that we collaborated with called Listen. And so, I invited her on the show to talk about the work that we did, what it is, what it's about, who it's for, and how much fun it was to to create a book, the first of many, hopefully.
1: (laughs) Awesome. How's that? That hey, that thank you. And then I figured I would introduce you because You don't usually get the fanfare that you deserve because you're the host. And so this is the amazing Jason Spector who created all of the beautiful visuals for Listen and is the reason that everyone is like, whoa, who did your graphics? So I want to recognize you in that way. Someone who jumped into the deep end on coaching. So after a few short, short time in coaching became not only an ACC, but is now knocking on the door. Uh, for PCC, and we'll be getting that sooner versus later. And I just have had the pleasure to work with Jason. He's an amazing trainer and consultant and facilitator and coach. and then just a fantastic person and friend. and I'm just I have so much gratitude for you personally and professionally. and so that's not just a thank you for letting me come on the show, but also for who you are. So I appreciate
0: you. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Actually pretty. I should record that. play that every time <laughs> the show starts.
1: You're like, excuse me, okay, hit play. <laughs> I will come back, or you can use this recording. Absolutely,
0: not a problem. Okay, so let's let's dive in. Talk to me about listen. Yeah. What is it?
1: So Listen is the first of a series and it is mentor coaching for coaches. And what listen, who Listen is for is I mentor coaches who are training to become ICF certified. So sort of, sorry, credentialed with the International Coach Federation. So some of you, those of you who aren't in the coaching world out there may have heard the acronym ACC, PCC, or MCC. Um, but essentially, it's so important that we as coaches invest in the quality of our coaching because that's how we impact clients' lives. And part of the certification and or credential process to become a coach who is credentialed with the International Coach Federation is working with a credentialed and certified mentor. And what I realize in my... I have been coaching for the last 15 years, but I've actually been working with and training coaches for the past 14 years. And there's a lot of concepts that I repeat. And things that are signature parts of my coaching and how I show up as a coach. And I felt that it would be easier to actually just fit these things out and write them down. But then also wanted wanted it to be very beautiful, visually beautiful and have that fortune cookie effect where someone could just open a page and be like, oh, listen to your clients or oh, what's a lawn chair? I'm working harder than my clients are right now. Or, um, you know, how much what percentage of the time am I talking? And so uh, this collaboration, it's our it's Hawthorne Union's first book came out with the bang. And so it's a beautiful uh, compilation of just recommendations and questions for coaches to consider as they build their
0: coaching quality. And what made you decide that this was the first book? that you wanted to write. That's
1: a good question. So, I had planned on doing a listen book that actually the next listen book whenever that comes out <laughs> it, is, it is it will be words to live by. And so it's it's things that my family phrases that we use in my family that have shaped who I am and and how I am both personally and professionally. Um, But at the same time, the more and more that I mentor coaches and I saw how helpful people felt that these concepts were, whereas I just feel like I'm repeating myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I figured, you know, let's give let's make this easier. So I think that's the thing, like the list in words to live by is something that I've just kind of compiled over my life and will eventually put in put into a book. The mentor coaching for coaches was a way to make myself and Hawthorne Union more accessible by the price of the book, as opposed to um, someone purchasing one of our classes or purchasing mentor coaches. And then also what I'm excited about too, is it's a way to, you know, Hawthorne Union is a relatively new company. We're not new coaches, but it's... You know, we started in 2015 and and started teaching ICF approved courses in 2019. So this gives another way for people to learn about us, to get to know us, because I do find that there are some coaches who feel like their mentoring or their continuing education doesn't suit them or doesn't support them. And so I've run into a lot of people. Who've been really appreciative, appreciative of a different voice or a different style, and so I feel like this gives people a way, uh, an easier way to access that. Yeah,
0: we know that that coaching is an investment for the coachee, right? For the end user, mm-hmm. and for those of us that are coaches that are investing in our craft, we also know that that same level of investment, if not more, is needed to obtain a mentor coach. So you made this book to be more accessible how's it going so far?
1: So, so far, I mean, and I'll be interested in your thoughts as well, but so far so good. You know, my, my mentees who have purchased the book have found it really helpful. Um, people who I've talked to the concepts about over the years or known the concepts really appreciate having it. Um, I think what's interesting is as we talk about coaching, a lot of what we're looking at is accessibility, right? And that's why some people don't either don't offer executive coaching or offer pro bono coaching because they're like, hey, you know, we want this to be more equitable. We want people at different levels and of different, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds and situations, or during crises, to be able to afford coaching that that will help support their quality of life and their development. So I think this is the same kind of thing. You know, I'm obviously happy to mentor coaches and to train coaches, but this is a much more accessible price point. And the feedback I've gotten so far is has been really positive. It's just it's a fun there's a, it's a lot you can you can probably read through it in about ninety minutes. It's an intense ninety minutes if you sit down and read the whole thing. Um, but at the same time, really the purpose would be to go back and kind of use the concepts. And I guess I'd be curious for you having poured through it. You know what's what's your takeaway from it?
0: So I have two thoughts. the The first one, when it comes in terms to the actual book itself, is for someone that consumes a lot of media, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I listen to several audiobooks and you know love YouTube videos as much as the next guy or gal. there is becoming a, a saturation point where I have a backlog of way more things that I want to consume and books I want to read than I actually have the time to do so. And when it comes to written text, sometimes it's 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 very difficult for me personally to find a dedicated hour where I'm focused and actually reading the material, not just like I'm reading the words and like wait I I missed something and I have to go back. So from a perspective of how the book is constructed, and I, I love that you said that fortune cookie status is that I can open up the book and read something that is not overly worded, not protracted. It's very concrete and very essential, boiled down to essentials. And feel like it's something that I can take away has actually been very, very helpful for my coaching this year, especially to keep those things front and center. So I've really enjoyed the fact that it's something that's small, that doesn't take a lot of time, but is still very, very powerful in the, the metaphoric language and in the, the visual resonance that I can read a, a few sections and that stays in the back of my mind as I enter my next coaching session and something I can deploy right then and there. The second thing is that as as someone who is kind. Constantly getting emails and this webinar and that webinar, and of course during during COVID earlier in the year, there was webinars every other day, especially for for mentor coaching. That we know that that one on one support because you're dealing with co- with. Mentor coaches that have a lot of time, valuable knowledge, that it is very lucrative and it can be start to be very, very expensive. If you start racking up, I need 10 hours for my next level of certification that I've really en- enjoyed group mentor coaching because then it becomes a little bit more affordable. So to be able to have some of those essential bits and pieces and, and mentor coaching accessible at my fingertips for not that, for not several hundred dollars, it's really nice. I really appreciate it.
1: Nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is just imagery, you know, so such a such a important as coaches, we listen for the imagery that our clients use. And then you can also always ask the client, right? Is there a song? Is there an image? Is there a metaphor that comes up for you? And so what I like about the book as well is that we put a lot of those in there. (laughs) And so, you know, even if you're just kind of when you open up the picture that is, you know, has the mountain on it, or the dog that is pulling onto the toy, right, it it helps reinforce the concepts. And, and I think I think that's part of it, too. You know, ultimately, even before I was a coach, I was an educator. So I come to it from an education background. And my thought has always been and this is some of this is being a camp counselor, right? How do we make this fun? <laughs> How do we make this fun? How can learning be a process, be an engaging and fun process? And, and that's, that's really the hope, that this is kind of an um, engagement for the senses, but then also that people walk away being better coaches. But then there's also a section that's for your clients. And those are a lot of the metaphors that I use with my clients and that people can apply to their lives just as people or potentially use with their clients as well.
0: You had said earlier that some of the concepts came from your life growing up. Is there any anecdotes or stories you can share that made its way into the book that we can hear the behind the scenes about?
1: Yeah, behind the scenes. Um, So what's interesting is, you know, on the, we find what we're looking for and assume positive intent. That came from. Um, I'll give a shout out to Eddie Sandoval. He was my coach spouse when we when we learned to coach, and um, he turned around. He used to, he sat next to me for five years. Bless him. But he he turned around and he was like, "Well, what would it be like if you assumed positive intent?" And I was having a really hard time with that, but it was really it was important. It was important advice in my development. And then you know more recently, the phrase you know when in an enneagram training they talked about okay if if your glasses are rose colored or dark and then that has been something that as part of my evolution in becoming an MCC is also seeing that I I still look at the world through rose colored glasses and there are times where I even go to take my glasses off and hand them to someone so they can see through them and that's but those are my glasses you can't see with someone else's prescription so some of the way that this has just even impacted my life is seeing okay that's my view but part of treating clients as resourceful and whole is also respecting their view. I mean, that's what we talk about with diversity and equity and inclusion, right? It's different views, it's different styles. Um, So that's, that's been impactful um, in, in my life and kind of in my worldview. You know, I think the repetitive language. So actually one of my, one of my mentees, I was just talking to her and she was saying, you know, I'm having trouble with repetitive language. I'm not picking up on the repetitive language. And I said, look, That's not a normal thing that people listen for. That's something that I was raised by an English teacher. I was an English teacher. (laughs) We were both English majors. So the background of English and English teaching makes me listen to words in different ways. And so then I pick up words that my clients are saying, and then we'll say something like, Hey, you know, it sounds like you've used the word blank a lot. What's coming up for you there? Or it sounds like this word is really important to you. What does that mean? And that's That's a best practice for me in coaching. But that's also influenced by the fact that I come from, you know, even my grandfather, who wasn't an English teacher, my mom wrote a piece about it's man of few words. So he hardly said anything. Um, He had to drop out of he had to drop out of school to support his family. But he loved words and used to use really big words. And she'd have to go look them up to figure out kind of what they meant. So you know, it's interesting, as you asked me that question, my first response was going to be like, oh, this one's more professional. It's not personal. But there are pieces of my kind of personal life and my history woven into some of these concepts.
0: I really love the, the concept of repetitive language because it is something that we are both in tune and not in tune to. The example that, that it brings up for me is when you think of remembering a song, what parts of it do you remember? Especially if it's a catchy pop song. That's a
1: good the chorus. point. Yeah.
0: The chorus, which you hear. And then it's stuck in your head and you can't get it out. And you're like, ah, here we go. But when it comes to, when, when we hear, we absorb repetitive language. But when it comes to listening to someone else, it's hard for us to put that front and center in our mind, even though when you hear something over and over, whether it's like the Home Depot jingle or, or whatever commercial or that pop song, it's there. It's there and accessible even when you don't want it to be. But why do you think this is a a challenging bit for for coaches?
1: So just... I think it's just a different level of listening because so I I was trained as a coach in 2005 and then I didn't do my International Coach Federation program through University of Texas at, at Dallas until five years later. And so at the point at which I did my, um, for the coaches out there, my ACTP program, <laughs> at the point at which I did my program, I already had a lot of the coaching fundamentals. And so I was able to really kind of hone in in a different way. And what I really felt like that program yeah. Uh-huh. Taught me was how to listen better and to be a better listener. And so that's where I started to listen more to repetitive words. And then also, a good friend of mine was in the program with me, and there was something we were supposed to practice. And so we had broken up into partners. And she said to me, she said, It sounds like the word space is really important to you. And I was like, Oh, it is, it is. How did you know? (laughs) And she said, You said it like seven times. And so that's one of the interesting things, and you've done this as well, like an amazing coaching session you've had with me, you're like, Okay, well, you keep saying that word and, and I can't even hear it. And I was like, Look, I know you're not lying to me. But I, I don't register with that word. I don't relate to that word. And then after you said that to me, I said it like three more times in the session. So there's a way that with repetitive language, we don't even necessarily know that we are using it. And so if you know, one of the concepts we look at when we're supporting someone at the professional level to try to move to the master level is to really pick up on those metaphors and the imagery because the metaphors and imagery tap into a different part of the client, often the more kind of emotional or the other side of the brain. What I find personally is that the repetitive language does that too. Sometimes it's limiting beliefs, sometimes it's future. But you know, if you just think something is normal, and I say, hey, is this normal, (laughs) it's a different opportunity. So I had a coaching session with someone who spoke very much in kind of absolutes. And so I just reflected back to him, you know, it sounds like either this is true or this is true. And then I paused, you know, you don't even have to to ask a question. You're just reflecting that back. And he was like, oh, yeah. So he didn't realize that he was living in absolutes when it came to that particular topic. So I just think that, you know, the premise for me and the premise for this book is that nobody listens like coaches listen, including the people being coached. And so, part of that listening is listening to the whole of the person, what's coming up for them emotionally, what's coming up for them, you know, on that gut level, that heart level, that head level. Um, But one of the key kind of indicators for me is the repetitive language.
0: I mean, the book is called Listen. So, listening out for repetitive (laughs) language certainly makes sense.
1: Let's just make it obvious. Listen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I do love that concept is that the part of the beauty and the success rate of coaching is because how intently the art of listening, which feels like an everyday skill, right? We're hearing stuff all the time. You can't turn your ears off, right? You can't like, like you can close your eyes you can close your mouth, but we're hearing things all the time. But to truly listen to another person is such a huge and powerful tool. And I do think that no one does it better than coaches.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the focus, right? Because that's that's your currency, that's your language. And if you look at, you know, we evaluate coaches on what's called the PCC markers. And there are a number of markers related to listening. So, you know, coach doesn't interrupt the client unless there's a stated purpose. To do so, you know, coach is following the client's lead. Coach is mostly concise. All of those have to do with kind of listening and how much you have the microphone. But then you also have ones, you know, coach uses client's language and frame of reference. And that's actually one of the advantages of the closer that you listen to someone and you use their language, it saves on translation time. So if you say lazy and I say relaxed, even though those might mean the same thing to us, if I'm not using your language, you have to translate. And so the act of really listening to someone's language and seeking to understand, not seeking to understand because the coach doesn't necessarily need to understand, but deciding how to reflect that back to them to say, hey, your tone changed when you talk about that. You talk a little faster when you mention that. You seem to lighten up. When this happens, right? Like it's just the actual observing of our client and the tone the kind of listening on all of the different levels, you know, people come into coaching and they think about, I always thought coaching mastery was this really elusive thing. And don't get me wrong. It was, it was like, I struggled. I had some really tough conversations and, and I had, I felt like I was hitting my head up against a wall. How am I supposed to be a master coach? What does it even mean to be a master coach? No one can tell me, right? Like no one can tell me they can just like, I have to embody it. So for me, the kind of crossover there was learning how much just even like paying close attention to people's behavior and offering that up to them as a reflection and as a potential gift could help me support my clients in a whole different way.
0: I think I think a lot of trades are like that, right? If you think about uh, like a chef or a baker, right? I mean, bread's just what? Water flour, yeast sugar, call it a day. But one loaf of bread that you buy at the store versus the bread that your friend Mexican has made by hand. Bread. Mm. Or Mexican sweet bread, right? Pan, <laughs> or someone that has been locked indoors and has perfected their sourdough starter, bread to bread, you know, it's not, it's not the same. And not the at, same. at In essence, Coaching is a very simple concept, but to do it very effectively takes years to master that mm-hmm. craft. So people get this book. They, they want to improve their listening. What should they be looking out for to know that they're on the right track? I mean, if they just, what, paint by numbers, do exactly what's said in the book, it's all going <laughs> to roll out.
1: Yeah. So, so what I recommend, I always recommend whether it's a coach or a client is that you have an understanding of current state before you move towards desired state, because a lot of people are like, they're just moving towards desired state, but don't have an understanding of of current state. So my recommendation is that in a coaching session, the coach is only talking 20% of the time. Now that's not going to work for everyone. And you are going to have clients who want more consulting. They want more from the coach, but If a coach knows, oh, snap, I'm (laughs) 50-50, right? Or, "Uh uh-oh, I'm 70-30 the wrong way. It's really about knowing what's your current state and then establishing what's your desired state and then taking a step forward. And I would say, you know, all of these pages are designed to try. Like, this is not something... I mean, yes, you can read it in one sitting, but the book is designed to be something where you know, open up to a page a day or a page a week or a page a month and just try that thing. And then it's also designed, in my opinion, it's designed for community. You know, you can't coach by yourself. <laughs> There's another person there, you know, it, it has to be in relationship. So it is something where I, I recommend people have, you know, look in the mirror do your work. Those are sections. (laughs) Look in the mirror, do your work, and then have a sense of and move towards that community. So you can say to someone like, hey, I feel like I need to work on this. So I'm committing to this. And let's talk about it next week or next time we talk.
0: So we talked a little bit about who this book is for. and, And do you believe that only new coaches or maybe people that are newly into this field will get the most value out of it?
1: No, not at all. I mean, coaches are, it's in the, it's in the ethics for the International Coach Federation that we continue to grow and develop. And as a practice, we ask, we ask our clients to be constantly growing and developing. So as coaches, that's a lifelong commitment. So it's a beautiful book. It's $25. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, hey, if you get a $25 bottle of wine, you can get a $25 book that'll potentially improve your craft.
0: Love it. So what, why do you think that this practice of, of self-improvement, do you find that even though it's in the ethics, that it, it is adopted as much as it should be I by mean, I coaches? Hope so.
1: I hope so because because it's walking the talk, right? Like who who are we to ask our clients to try new things or reach for their goals or improve if we don't? And what's interesting, so I love group mentoring, but it is always overwhelming mm-hmm. to people who have group mentoring because even though it's a safe space for them to coach, you have your mentor who's gonna give you feedback and so understandably it makes people a little nervous, but it's about it's about the enrichment. And and I I think the vulnerability of being mentored or being told kind of how we are doing better or struggling, I think that helps us understand that, you know, when we when we say something to our clients like, you know, what would it be like if you didn't beat yourself up or what would it be like if you believed in yourself that we have actually earned the right to say that because we've done that as well. So if you've met a coach that's not doing their own work, to me, that's not a coach.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard, especially when, to first enter group mentor coaching because very often it feels like this intimate thing where it's you and the client in a one-on-one session. And then to bring yours, you know, w- when you start getting educated as a coach, it's you're in a group environment, and then you go off on your own. And then to bring that back out in the light, you start getting a little self conscious, or that other people are going to judge you. I do believe that quickly fades away, but it is nice to have some self-resources that chime into some of those same tunes and some of that same effect. That doesn't have to be jumping into the pool feet first into the deep end.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I was just on a, so Vic Storal, Des Stevens, interviewed me for Coach Me. And we were talking about the level of vulnerability that people were comfortable with in a, in a coaching setting. And mm-hmm. Vic asked me a question about it. And I said, look, it's dealer's choice, right? Coaching in front of a group may not be your jam. right? <laughs> like you may prefer kind of mentoring one on one, or coaching one on one. So I, I do really think the premise that goes through this book, and then also just for me, stylistically, how I coach and just how I show up is that people need to choose what feels like it's right for them. <laughs> Right. But at the same time, you know, there's some of my mentees have reported that they've worked with mentors who have been unhelpful or discouraging. And that's that's wrong. (laughs) Like that's that's not right. Yeah. You know, it's that's inappropriate. And so I do hope out there, you know, whether whether you're a coach and listening and ha, you know know that you should be supported by your mentor, even if they're supporting you by telling you some hard truths that are going to take you potentially a while to get around. Um, but then also for the non-coaches that are listening out there, like I, I think it's really important that the people who educate us and train us and ask us to be better are supporting us with, yes, constructive feedback, but also with a high level of care so that we know that their feedback is within the context of wanting us to be better.
0: Yeah, the book is called Listen, Mentor Coaches for Coaches. But dare I would say that anyone that wants to learn how to effectively communicate, such as a leader that is using coaching skills, you know, they, they would benefit from this book as well.
1: Hey, I'll agree with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So for those of us who have been uh, along for this ride for the last 25 or almost 30 minutes now, they haven't heard where they can get this book.
1: Yes. So we are direct sell only. And so please go to HawthorneUnion.com and in the resource section or the product section, pick up Listen.
0: Yeah, I think it was very important for both me and Diana and that we decided very, very early on that as easy and simple as simple as it is to start firing off uh, a book being mass produced by one of the the big names out there, we took a lot of pride in making sure that we saw every bit of production from beginning to end. So that when you have this thing in your hand, it has a very visual, kinesthetic, and uh, reading response to how you learn, because that's kind of I, I learn in multi as they say. And so to have something that is visually resonating as well as the words was, was a huge component. And I really appreciate that you were able to to make this book, Diana, and thank you so much for letting me be a part of it.
1: I thank you. (laughs) I mean, this, this thing would not be the beauty that it is without you. So I
0: appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. All right. So before we wrap up, where can people find out more about you and what danger you're getting into lately? Mm -hmm, Exactly.
1: So, uh, website again, HawthorneUnion.com. We are in the process of rolling out a new website to try to take a look at all the things that that we're doing. I'm also big on coach community. Uh, So I currently facilitate the group and team coaching special interest group for ICFLA. So if you are a coach and you're looking for remote events and community, um, it's a great community. Highly recommend it. Um, Jason Spector has an amazing podcast called Cross Street Coaching. (laughs) that I would highly recommend as well. And then always happy to connect with coaches on on LinkedIn and, you know, reach reach out with questions. I love hearing from folks. And if you have questions or want to learn more, want to join one of our classes, you know, we offer classes on a regular basis for coach training and education. And then also we're moving into developing more for our leaders who are not yet coaches as well, Um, but would love to have you as part of the community.
0: Excellent. Not to get too meta talking about the podcast as they're listening to it, but you thanks. never know,
1: you know, just in, what if, what if this was only a one-time episode? It's not people Jason, yeah. <laughs> Jason's on it.
0: I am, but we'll of course have uh Diana who came actually on the show earlier and talked about the history of Hawthorne union, which is the firm that I'm a part of that I'm pr- super, super proud to be a part of. Thank goodness. But thanks. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. I mean, talking with me, Diana. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. We'll leave it there at that. We'll have links to all the great stuff we just talked about in the show notes. Anything else you want to say, Diana, before we sign off?
1: Just so appreciative of you for holding the space. And then also just you know for coaches out there this has been it's been a challenging year it's been a challenging year for everyone but it has also been especially a challenging year for those who support others um so you know lean into what supports you and take care of yourself because it's important that that the, their tree has enough water to still produce those apples so make sure make sure that you're caring for yourself and whatever that looks like and i'm just wishing everybody a great holiday season in this very unusual time
0: well awesome. said